this, is this thing on? Okay. Welcome to the Forceman Sports Podcast, and we have a jam-packed show for you. First, we're going to introduce you to our new segment, our Forceman Sports Update, where we talk about what's been happening in the, over the last week in all of sports, international and domestic. And then we'll jump into conversation about our NFL superlatives and Madden re-rankings, where we talk about how Lamar Jackson is way overrated and should not have been on the cover of Madden 21. And then we'll move on to the ugliest NFL player, Pat McQuingston, where I'll very much urge you to stop the podcast, exit the app that you're listening in, and look up Pat McQuingston. And finally, we will talk about our fourth quarter takes. It's a new segment, and we'll use it to end on every episode where Johnny will talk about some baseball. We'll go over some MLB superlatives as well. Spencer will talk about international soccer, a little bit about the Premier, Premier League, and then I'll talk about a little bit of what's going on in the NFL and training camp as we start to begin preseason this weekend, and Colton will go over the NBA and everything happening uh, as far as salaries and re-signings. So without further ado, thank you again for listening and hope you enjoy the show. All right, to start out with our first segment, the Forsum Sports Update. Um, one of the biggest things in sports, if not international soccer, um, Lionel Messi is leaving Barcelona and is signing with PSG. Very, very big moment that's happened here. Messi is known as one of, if not the best players ever to play the game of football. Everyone knows of him. Whether you like the sport or not, you've heard of Messi. Um, this is such a huge thing. I just want to throw out some of his La Liga records. Um, he's set the records for most goals, most goals in a season, most direct free kick goals, most assists, most assists in a season, most hat tricks, and most hat tricks in a season. These are all goal, uh, these are all like massive numbers that you wouldn't even believe whenever you read them. It's mind blowing. And I don't know if they'll ever be beat again in our lifetime. But, um, going into PSG, uh, personally, I think the league Un is a farmer's league, and I feel like this is a great business decision for Messi, and he's going to be able to keep tearing it up because people like me and you are pretty much on the pitch. So he's going to break some ankles and keep racking up um, stat padding. But it's going to be good to see him uh, right along Neymar again. They played together in, uh, about four years ago when they played together in Barcelona. So that front three is going to be one of the deadliest in the world with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi all together. Um, obviously, he's one of the biggest players in the world. So this has been posted all over. Um, today, PSG posted, and they had some unbelievable engagement. They got over 3 million followers today after the Messi announce- announcement across their social media platforms. Um, and they also announced he'll be wearing the number 30. So we all know him for wearing the number 10. That's the most important number um, to wear in soccer. But the number 30 was the very first number he wore um, with Barcelona, and that's the first number he's going to wear with PSG. And one little other fun note is that 
PSG is the only team that has Jordan, the Jordan brand, as a sponsor of one of their kits. So Michael Jordan, the goat of basketball, and now the goat of uh, international soccer, are going to have a little tie there over in Paris. Well, that's that's if you consider Jordan to be the goat. Personally, I'm a LeBron guy, so you got to rock with Liverpool in that sense. But to each their own. And by the way, 30 is an interesting choice. I think that's how many billions of dollars PSG has. Because, I mean, they have three of some of the greatest soccer players in the world. How in the world are they paying for all of them? I mean, that's they make more money than probably all of my family throughout the entire existence of the Woodson clan um, has had. So (laughs) I guess props to PSG, right? Yeah, it is props. Um, I feel like here soon they're um, going to have people breathing down their neck about how much money they're spending. Uh, it's been rumored Messi's making 40 mil a year in his uh, two-year contract with an option for a third year. Um, financial fair play is a thing in the international soccer world, so we'll see if they start breathing down their neck as well as Manchester City with them signing Jack Grealish for a whopping 100 million pounds which is a premier league record i bet they're really wishing they didn't sign that uh english player over messi because i bet pep would have hopped on that real quick but with that we'll hop over into um the olympics where obviously the usa is the dominant country in this world um not dissing on any other of our listeners from other countries, but we'll hop into some of the Olympic stats real quick. Yeah, so the Olympics were pretty interesting. So in comparison to other years, this was obviously what everyone has said their favorite word is unprecedented, and that was definitely the case here. Pretty much empty arenas, uh, no fans, very few ways for fans to show their support other than watching NBC in America or pretty much just posting on social media. Honestly, that kind of made it one of the lamest Olympics I've ever seen in my lifetime, and probably the lamest one any of us will see. But it wasn't all bad, especially if you're a USA fan. KD, he had a bananas game in the finals. He dropped 29 points, and that's not even that's one point less than two other games he's had, I believe, uh, where he dropped 30. He's averaging about 30 points in gold medal games. So, you know, for as much as he's a slithery little snake, put some respect on his name. See the goat of Olympic basketball? I think so. I think so. Um, and going to the women's basketball teams, I think Team Japan's tallest player is like six foot one. That's probably like the shortest player on Team USA women's basketball. They've got like six, nine women and all of that. So that was no contest as Team USA women, I believe that was their seventh consecutive gold medal. And, of course, USA came in clutch on the last day of the Olympics. They not only finished with the most gold medals, they also had the most silver and the most bronze. And, of course, they had the most medals overall. So that kind of begs the question, what are, what is the Olympics going to be looking like in the winter of 2022? And what is Paris going to look like, not in four years, but in three years? So that will be very interesting to see. So now we're going to we... move on over. So as we go into uh, more of the segments, we are going to talk about Madden and NFL superlatives. Uh, We'll start out with the Madden re-rankings, and uh, we will be talking about who we think is the 
people who are overrated by Madden. Um, we pretty much all think that Lamar Jackson is pretty overrated. Um, when you're looking at him, he is a pretty good uh, fantasy and man QB. He is flashy and fun player to watch for most people. Uh, but the one thing that makes him too high is that Madden has his accuracy at 96. We all have texted each other about this, saying this dude has the accuracy of me. I'm not. I don't play football. He just can't throw. He is a running back trying to play a quarterback position. So I I just don't think that his accuracy is that accurate. He's not a good, and uh, I think uh, another side note is that they have uh, Josh Allen below him, and in my opinion, Josh Allen is probably a top three QB with uh, Mahomes and Rodgers above him. Yeah, so a couple comments on that, Johnny. A 96 accuracy stat for Lamar Jackson is actually pretty good considering he only throws the ball three times a game. So, <laughs> I mean, if you hit if you hit two receivers, I mean, that's a, what, 66%, Colton? I don't know, you're a math guy. Yeah, that sounds about right, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you, throw, if you throw three passes a game, that's pretty good. Um, but you're also throwing to, like, a 5'9 receiver in Hollywood Brown, and that's your wide receiver one, so... Good luck to Lamar Jackson, but I definitely agree. Um, he has a lot of weapons. Like, you think last year you have Mark Ingram, you got J.K. Dobbins, you got one of the top five tight ends in the league and Mark Andrews. Big guy. He was hurt a lot, but this man, he's great for fantasy, uh, but I would not pick him. Honestly, if you ask me, you know, who would I pick for a franchise quarterback outside of, you know, like the top five? So you're talking like Patty Mahomes. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all that kind of stuff. Lamar Jackson is not even in my top 15. I would take Baker Mayfield over that guy. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's saying a lot. So Lamar Jackson is not the guy for me. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he would be better uh, at a running back position, um, in my opinion. There was a reason he was drafted, uh, what is he, like the fourth quarterback? two years, three years ago, like the last pick in the first round. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's not my guy. He's not that guy. <laughs> he is not that guy for sure. And as much as I'd love to continue on the Lamar ba- uh, Jackson bash train, because it's one of my favorite trains in the world, um, I'm actually going to ask you all a question. So for someone who gets 38 total tackles, 24 of those solo, Two sacks and one forced fumble. What should their Madden 22 rating be? How many sacks? Uh, two. two. Two sacks. Wow. Um, I would just start off maybe low, low, low mid 70s. I don't know. Sounds like a position player. You put him in for like eight games of the season. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? I was thinking like 73, 74, max. I'm just thinking, I mean, it's a bronze player, if not silver. I mean, 
if you really want to give this dude a silver, you can give him silver. Well, I'm glad you all brought this point up because this is going to definitely prove why insert Kenny Clark of the Green Bay Packers is rated as an 89 overall. That is not a bronze card. That is not a silver card. That is like a freaking diamond card, whatever Madden Olsman team has at this point. Kenny Clark is rated at an 89. He played in 13 games, not eight games, and he has a four-year $70 million deal that he signed before the 2020 season. This man is cheeks, cheeks, I tell you, and that's in all capital letters. Capitalize the C, the H, both of the E's, the K, and the S. This man is overrated. But I also want to bash on the Cowboys as an 86 overall. How do you go from 86? Yeah, 86. They are the number seventh ranked team in Madden. They didn't even win their division. They did not. Okay, so they were in the worst division. So even if they won that division, like, that's not that impressive. They didn't win the division. They were garbage. Garbage cans, take them out every Sunday. And you put them into the, the garbage truck, take it to the garbage disposal place, whatever it's called, and throw that. <laughs> My rant is over. All right. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And honestly, when it comes to the most overrated player, I think is ranked too high. I'm putting the nail in the, in the coffin. This is the last one. Lamar Jackson. Yep. Like they said before, this man is a running back. I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about it. Um, he runs first priority. It's embarrassing to watch this man throw a ball. Tim Tebow could probably throw more accurately with his right arm. Just stick to running <laughs> Lamar and help out your team. Hey, quick note: Tim Tebow has won more playoff games. So this is true. This is true. Tim Tim Tebow, the lefty, beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Very important game there. All right, moving into too low. So these are players that we think are ranked too low. They should, you know, have a little bit more respect on their name. I'll start out personally, um, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is ranked at an 82. Um, if we're going to look at the Cowboys team being an 86 and Kyler Murray is an 82, I think that the people that make these rankings are probably just as intelligent as us, us four on this podcast. They'd probably sit down on a couch and just randomly pull numbers out of a hat. With the likes of Dak Prescott, that was pretty much only had one leg last year, Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill all being ranked above Kyler is just a major diss on him having a solid season. Um, this upcoming season, I fully see him um, being able to produce even better numbers than what he had last year with the likes of A.J. Green, um, James Conner in the backfield, and with the rookie Rondale Moore. I see Kyler upping his ranking at least throughout the season. Can't hate on my man Tannehill, though. I mean, uh, he's a pretty dang good quarterback, got to say. You you got the best running back in the game back there. I mean, I, I would hope you'd be able to throw the ball. Uh-oh, don't bring Shoop into this, though, because you're about to have a 30-minute argument here, and I will back him up because I tighten up for my, my Titans bros. But speaking of Titans, I will talk a little, bit, a little bit about A.J. Brown, continuing my rant of Madden. First of all, not well, I'm not going to diss Madden, just in case one day you sponsor this podcast. 
Um, but you need to get your ratings a little bit better, okay? A.J. Brown has to be rated higher. Being at an 86, you know what that makes him? It makes him tied as the 20th best wide receiver. He's tied with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, who had like a 900-yard, three-touchdown season. Good player, not A.J. Brown caliber. Same, uh, he's actually worse rated than Robbie Anderson, who's an 87. And he's someone who's had eight touchdowns in the last uh, two seasons. A.J. Brown had eight touchdowns in his rookie season. He has 19 touchdowns in two seasons. You know what? That's tied for fourth most all-time by a wide receiver. I mean, shouldn't that earn you a top 10 rank, considering that and his size and speed? I would think so. Quick question for the uh, Tennessee Titans fans. Do you think the impact of Julio Jones joining the team hurts or helps AJ? Just be quick. I, I think it's uh, going to help a lot because uh, just having the name Julio on the offense is going to bring some defenses over, at least for the first half of the season until Julio proves that he can't perform. But once, uh, if Julio does perform badly, then they can move over to AJ if he's performing well. But I think one or the other, it's, uh, whoever's getting double teamed, the other one's going to do better. Titans lost John New Smith. They lost a couple other pieces, whatnot. I think Julio's going to help, and I think AJ Brown is going to be put in a similar role as Calvin Ridley, except he's better. I like both of those takes, uh, although I like my guy Calvin Ridley. So uh, my too low player, uh, this is just disgusting, Harrison Bucker, the, yes, the, the kicker for the Chiefs, is rated as an 84. He's the, listed as the third best kicker in the game, the sixth best kicker or punter in the game. This man does not deserve that rating. Let me give you some stats. He has a 93 last year. These are all last year's stats. 93% extra point percentage and a 92.6 field goal percentage. That's of all, you know, from 19 yards out to 50 plus. This man only missed two field goals the entire season and somehow that makes him the third best kicker. And I think we just need some, some respect out here for the kickers. Like if you're the best in your position, you should at least be in the nineties. Like my guy, uh, Justin Tucker is the best kicker right in the game. He's only an 87. Like, we got to get some some respect on some kickers and punters. Uh, but, yeah, Harrison Bucker as an 84 on the best team of football is way too low. NFL kickers and punters, we have your back. Shout out Pat McAfee. So, as much as my instinct wants to say A.J. Brown is pretty low, I did look up some stats for him. He is uh, fourth in touchdowns and 14th in yards last season, which right now he's uh, the seventh best wide receiver in fantasy drafts. And I was trying to think, why is he the 20th wide receiver in Madden, but seventh in fantasy, and I realized that it's because he scores a lot of touchdowns. So I'm going to go ahead and say that my two low players, Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is a top five QB in fantasy ranks. He has great accuracy and great running speed. He is one of the 
he has one of the best wide receivers in DeAndre Hopkins. So giving an 82 to this guy is almost like an insult to him because he's so talented. And I have no idea how Stafford, Baker, Matt Ryan, and I'll even throw in Ryan Tannehill, although I do think Ryan Tannehill is underrated. I'll throw him in there. All of those four guys are better than Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray in fantasy is a lot higher than all those. So that's uh, just – I feel like 82 is an insult for him, maybe an 85, 87, but 82 is too low. But moving into uh, non-Madden uh, uh, superlatives, we're going to go into just the NFL. Um we're just going to talk about who we think the MVP of next season is first. I'm going to go ahead and say that my MVP is going to be going back-to-back Aaron Rodgers. This is a guy that just came off of an MVP season. Um, he was going back and forth with his team. He's pretty ticked off with them. And getting Matt, uh, getting uh, Adams, Aaron Jones, Tanya and Cobb all – with him going out for a last dance, I I don't know if they're going to win it, but that he's honestly going to try. So I think he's going to get the MVP. Great take, Johnny. Um, I'm going to have to stick with the quarterback role. I think most MVPs are quarterbacks. Um, but this guy could also be in the underrated category. I'm so glad he's out of Detroit. Yes, you guessed it. Darius Slade Jr. No, I'm just kidding. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> I mean, Matthew Stafford, oh, my gosh. This man is tough. I mean, we've seen clips and highlights of this man playing through ACL injuries, broken fingers. Uh, I think he had a dislocated shoulder and a sh- some shorts I was seeing the other day. This man is uh, FanDuel, shout out FanDuel, has this guy at uh, 1,700 odds to win the MVP. Uh, but he's also surrounded with one of the best uh, offensive minds in football, in my opinion, Sean McVay. He's got a lot of weapons, uh, whether, you know, Colton says Cooper Cup is uh, overrated or whatever. But Cooper Cup, you know, when he's not injured uh, like he was the last couple of years, he's a really solid wide receiver. Robert Woods is underrated. Tyler Higby, uh, tight end, also feel like he's underrated. Um, and they can do a lot with the players that they have. I think it would be cool if they signed Todd Gurley before the season started just to uh, add an extra back. Um, but, yeah, Matthew Stafford finally out of Detroit can make a run, a decent run in the playoffs in one of the most competitive leagues, excuse me, divisions uh, in football. My man, Matthew Stafford, he's got the MVP in the bag. Yeah, well, as much as the QBs get some love for the MVP, I'm switching it back to the non-QBs. I'm going to my list of running backs who have won the MVP award. That'd be Adrian Peterson, most recent, LaDainian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, Terrell Davis, and Emmett Smith. You know who else is joining that list after this year? Christian McCaffrey. It's been almost a decade since Adrian Peterson won the award. But honestly, for as dominant as Adrian Peterson was in that year, he almost had 2,100 yards. I think McCaffrey's going to be even more dominant and in even more ways than Adrian Peterson could even dream of that season. I think it's not only going to be another 1,000-yard, rushing 1,000-yard catching season for him, 
I think he's going to get 100 catches as well. Sam Darnold's going to become the checkdown king of Carolina um, and just forget about anybody else besides Christian. And I think McCaffrey's going to flirt with 1,500-1,500 numbers in Carolina because, look, I mean, Darnold's got pretty much nothing down deep besides Robbie. Um, it's going to be the Christian McCaffrey show for sure. Wow. Bold take. But uh, I like it, Colton. Uh, what do you – I mean, you have an opinion on his injuries last year? Like, how do you think he's going to rebound from that? I think he played in, like, four games last year, and he was horrible when he came back week 14 against the Chiefs. The dude's built like a freaking Tonka truck. The man is strong. I mean, all of my muscles combined would equal one of his quads. The dude is built ridiculously. Like, that man is thick. That man is strong. And he's freaking fast. Uh, I think he's going to be fine coming from those injuries. He's had an offseason to recover now. Um, and, you know, injuries are common with running backs, but I think he's strong enough to endure all that stuff. Honestly, that's a that's a great point, Colton. Um, I wasn't really for your take until you mentioned his muscular body. Um, thinking about that man running at me, I would no doubt have to have some to-go dude wipes on me. No doubt. Um, shout out dude wipes. <laughs> One of the best brands out there, by the way, to keep your butthole clean. You would no doubt need some dude wipes after seeing this man run at you. But anyway, when it, we're going into um, who I think will be MVP, yeah, I mentioned he was underrated earlier, but yes, Kyler Murray. I know it's a bold take, but like I said, you're adding some wide receivers to your core. A.J. Green has always been a number one wide receiver. He's going to be number two now. Hopkins is number one. Just like Johnny and Colton said, um, when you have two number one receivers, one of them's got to have double team. The other one's going to be open. So I feel like that is a, a you know great reason why he could be MVP, but also because the Cardinals had top five offensive line last year. Um, they did keep most of those guys around. And this year, they even got better depth. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but sliding is such an important thing in this new era of NFL quarterbacks. Um, Lamar, Kyler, Dak, even for the love, Josh Allen runs a lot. If you know how to slide and get down before you're getting laid out by an absolutely massive defensive player, it's going to keep you around longer. And ultimately, the best team at the end that wins the Super Bowl is the healthiest team. And I fully believe Kyler is going to be able to pull it off this year and win the MVP. Moving into Rookie of the Year. So um, I personally got to go with Najee Harris. Um, I know some other people may agree with this or disagree, but the Steelers are just so well-known for being able to draft great running backs. Um, Le'Veon, um, yes, he dropped off a bit. James Conner, great running back. Um, he's now with the Cardinals, which will also help out with um, Kyler. And now Najee Harris, which is also a great running back, statistically was great in college. Um, I see him being able to grow in the Steelers' offense, and I think he can possibly win Rookie of the Year. Well, you know what? I'm also going with a running back for my Rookie of the Year, but it is not Mr. Harris. We're actually going to be going with Travis Etienne. 
I might have mispronounced that, so I'm just going to call my man Travis because that's a hard last name to pronounce. His name this is, is Etn. Oh, Etn. It's like Et go home. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, bad bad jokes aside. Bad jokes aside. This is a guy who is pretty willing to bounce around in different spots, whether he is uh, the scat back, the split back. Uh, slot receiver. Heck, I could see him being a wide out going against some of the best corners, perhaps just as a diversion. He's a guy, um, that's definitely willing to bounce around for the Jaguars. And I think that's going to help him get a lot of touches. At the very least, he's going to be the rookie of the year for fantasy football. He's an awesome pass catcher, kind of like what I mentioned. He nabbed almost 50 catches in his senior year and he averaged over 12 yards per carry. Or, um, excuse me, not for, for carry. That would be freaking insane. Uh, yards <laughs> per catch. Gosh, if he was getting 12 yards I per carry. About, I, I was about to retract my pick and be like, oh, Travis is getting it, no doubt, 12 yards per yeah, carry. Shoot. That, that breaks Jamal Charles uh, by, like, more than double. That's pretty impressive. That would be pretty impressive. But 12 yards per catch. And I think that's going to not only raise him above James Robinson, Maybe give him some mini CMC numbers flirting with a thousand and a thousand. Maybe not in the first year, but second, third year for sure. Yeah, so you know, running backs are cool and all, um, but you know, you know, your team can't function without a star quarterback. And BYU's greatest is in the mega city of New York, the Jets. The Jets have been bad for a long time. Adam Gase is out the door. They got some wide receivers. Adding Corey Davis is a personal favorite. And I think they can make some noise. And that's it. That's it. You know, funny. (laughs) Good one. No. Zach Wilson, as you can see, um, and some of the ESPN highlights. He stayed in the pocket for about 12 seconds, got sacked a couple times, and threw a glorious pass uh, over the shoulder to uh, Corey Davis. Um, so the man's definitely got some growing to do, I think, before his start. But I think he has the most potential on the team he's in. You know, it's a team that uh, last year went to prove themselves by winning two games at the end of the season uh, and losing their chance at uh, Trevor Lawrence. But why would you, I mean, you don't care when you can get Zach Wilson. He's going to turn around the franchise and, uh, they'll probably be a statue of Zach Wilson, all like 5'11 of them, um, outside of the Jets stadium in like 20 years. I think he's, uh, better than Josh Allen. Uh, his projection is going to be crazy, crazy. So, uh, Zach Wilson as rookie of the year. Counting He's it. a foot taller than Kyler too. Yeah. So he's like 5'7. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can well, slide, so that's all that matters. He can slide. Well, going into my rookie of the year, uh, I am also I'm going to be picky backing on uh, Spencer. I'm going to say Najee Harris. Uh, the Steelers have always been good at drafting uh, running backs, like Spencer said, uh, Le'Veon, uh, James Conner, now Harris. Um, just a couple stats uh, from his college uh, career. He, uh, in his senior year, had 1,466 yards, and that was good for a 5.8 yards per carry. Or, yeah, per carry. Um, 26 touchdowns, 
and he also was able to have 425 catching yards for 9.9 yards per uh, attempt. Uh, this is a guy that uh, I think is, um, well, when I saw him in the draft, I thought that the Steelers had drafted him too hot, uh, too early, but uh, after I saw um, the rest of the draft, I was like, you know, this is a guy that I do think is going to get the rookie of the year. Um, I think that James Robinson will be taking some uh, carries away from ETN, and they're going to have to be sharing. Although they could be a Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb uh, duo there, but uh, you never know. Uh, I am going to go with uh, Najee Harris. Going to the next wait, part. Wait, wait, Johnny, real quick. I have a bold take for rookie of the year. I kind of want to get your guys' opinion. Um, it's a player from LSU. I don't know if you can guess who it is, but his name is Ben Simmons. Um, rookie of the year. This man's incredible. I don't know if you've seen, but a player that can help out his team so well with 61.3% free throw percentage is just incredible. I've seen him working on his threes, and I, I don't know. This dude's going to get rookie of the year. I, I just, I fully believe it. And one thing is the man does not have any range. I mean, for being 6'10", you'd think that he'd be able to catch all the different tested, you know, catches. No, the man is a, is a walking brick for sure. <laughs> going into the next part of the segment, uh, we're going to talk about our comeback player of the year. Um, my comeback player of the year would have to be Dak Prescott. Uh, he's always been a pretty good quarterback. He's coming off of an injury. He still has a lot to prove, and especially in a not-so-good division. Uh, I could see him uh, bouncing back from the injury and maybe even bringing a playoff run in Dallas. I like it. Um, you know, usually popular players are for comeback player of the year come off, uh, have spectacular stories. You can make a cool video about it, like uh, Alex Smith last year. And I'll say uh, Dak Prescott's, you know, plus 175 for DraftKings Sportbooks. Uh, shout out DraftKings. Um, but a player that is not getting a lot of talk and should be Tim Tebow. Can, let's hear it for Tim Tebow. Oh, yeah, Tim Tebow. my gosh. Oh, my Tim gosh. Tebow, the Florida legend, the Broncos legend. The man that never goes away. Exactly. God bless his soul. He is plus thirty three hundred for the MVP. Mind or excuse me, he's not an MVP player. Comeback player of the year. Comeback player. Oh my gosh. Um, so he's got some good chances. Um, he's not an really. MVP for <laughs> most most Christian NFL player. That's the only MVP award he's won. That's very true. Uh, so Tim Tebow plus thirty three under for comeback player of the year. Uh, he's playing on a young Jags team with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Tim Tebow is like he's very good shape, uh, like almost as good a shape as Colton. Uh, so he's got a lot of muscle. He does almost. a lot of charity work. Yeah, almost. He does a lot of charity work in the community, and he loves Jesus. So he should definitely be uh, their tight end one, and probably get comeback player of the year. Um, Shout out to Tim Tebow. You're my, you're my idol. And the man is dummy attractive. I mean, if you see him take some reps in training camp, 
the man moves like he's a very, very fine man. So shout out oh, to Tim Tebow. Yeah. Chill out, chill out. You can yeah, do this at the end of the podcast. You stop looking at pictures of him. He's gonna line up. He's gonna line up to people across him and just be like, "Sorry, dude. Like, I'm praying for you." And just like cross his ankles because he's got like 90 without <laughs> running ability. Like, you know. So yeah, you're gonna line up. You're you're gonna be a linebacker lining up against Tebow, and you just start hearing Jesus take the wheel, just faintly <laughs> in the background. <laughs> and that's when you know you're getting your ankles freaking taken. Uh, but I'm going with the popular opinion on comeback player of the year. It's got to be Dak Prescott. I think Burrow is a close second in my opinion. I mean, I really like Burrow. The dude looks like a freaking badass smoking a cigar. But Dak just has more playmakers on his team. He's got CD. He's got Gallup, Cooper, so many different weapons. I mean, if you can count Elliott as a competent player, I'm sure he has Elliott too. But he has more playmakers than Burrow does at this point. And I think if Dak is going to lead this Dallas team to top five offense in the playoffs in a freaking awful division, so bad, just so bad, then I think he, I think you book him for this award and you take it to the bank. I gotta go with Joe Burrow. Um, Joe's he's such a solid QB. Obviously, going number one overall. He did not have offensive line, um, them all being injured equals quarterback being injured. That was sad to see. Stopped him in his tracks. It looked like he was starting to gain traction and get going. But I believe Joe can make a solid comeback this season if his offensive line can protect him. I guess we will see. Um, to move into the most overrated players in the NFL, I got to go with Patrick Peterson. So this just took a little piece out of my heart saying that growing up, watching Patrick Peterson. I got this man's autograph when I was a kid right outside St. Louis, and he just wanted to get paid too much money. Uh, we couldn't keep him around anymore. He just had his numbers dropping. He was getting toasted, and every single time someone started to pass him up and leave him in their dust, he would get called for holding or pass interference, and it kept way too many drives going against the Cardinals last year. Um, Cardinals were doing great scoring offensively, but just kept killing killing us on defense, and those offenses kept getting automatic first downs, and it was killing us. I think personally the same thing's going to happen in Minnesota. Um, yeah, he's used to playing in a dome. He won't, you know, play – as much, he'll, he'll play a little bit more in the cold just because of Green Bay, but I don't know. He's, he's just, he's getting up there. And I saw something the other day of top 10 corners in the league and he wasn't even listed. So that just tells you, you know, how, how far he's fallen off his game. Interesting that you bring up Patrick Peterson. Um, this morning I was getting ready to go to work and do my morning routine and I looked over at my toaster. And I was expecting to see some bread pop up, but I actually saw Patrick Peterson because that man is the definition of toast. He gets burned so much. I don't know how he's making the money he he thinks he's worth. It's um, it's daylight robbery, Colton. Daylight robbery. Absolutely. I'll tell you another daylight robbery. Insert rant about Jadavian Clowney. This is a former Tennessee Titan. Gosh, it pains me to say that after his zero sack season that he just had with us. Um, 
the dude is a he's like Ben Simmons being a walking brick, except the football version of that. Uh, sometimes you just need to see something with your own two eyes to believe it. He's just not the impact player he was coming out of high school. He was one of the top recruits like ever, and maybe he fits better into the Cleveland Browns D line, but he has yet to prove his worth. He's never had a double-digit sack year since being drafted in 2014. That was seven years ago. He's never had 60-plus tackles. Um, he's allergic to tackles. The man is allergic to sacks because, like I said, he's never had double-digit sack year. Uh, he's a bona fide bust. He's allergic to success. He is basically a Kwame Brown in a football form. He should be the most dominant edge in football. He's 6'5", 270, 4.5. 40-yard dash, but in my opinion, he's just like a girl from Christian Mingle. You want to commit to them, but in the end, she's just a tease. That's all I have to say. Oh, God. Wow. I have never heard so much clowny hate in my entire life. I mean, uh, when you got clown in your name, you you better be, you, you know, you better be ready for the heat. Guess so. Yeah, that, I mean, he, Colton just sold me. He sucks. He's overrated. <laughs> I'm sold. That's the worst player ever in the NFL. All right. I'll move into my most overrated player. And on a team that I absolutely despise, uh, almost more than the Raiders and the Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that player is Deontay Johnson, also known as Mr. Drops-A-Lot. Yes, this man drops a lot of passes. And it's bad when you're on the number one, actually, excuse me, number two throwing offense in the NFL because you had no run game last year. But you have good wide receivers, but they're obviously not too good if they uh, can't catch any passes. Um, so, yeah, Deontay Johnson, Mr. Drops a lot, very overrated. Although I will comment he is rated properly on Madden, I think, at an 81 Although I'd say Chase Claypool might be better for him, but there's no way Deontay Johnson should be considered wide receiver one on that team because um, he drops a lot of passes. Shout out Spencer's dad because he doesn't like Deontay Johnson either. The amount of cuss words that have been shouted at the TV from Deontay Johnson dropping passes, I can't even count. I really can't. The dude's probably dropped more passes than the cuss words he's cussed on TV. So I believe that Michael Thomas is the most overrated. This is a guy that will perf- uh, it, when he does play, he will perform at a high level, but he just gets injured all the time. Now, this may be uh, because I got pooped on in the draft last year by drafting him first round, and he was only played like two or three games the whole season, but uh, he had the most receptions a few years ago, but last year he didn't really play that w- much. Uh, without Drew Brees, I'm not sure that he will be able to compete at that level that he was a few years ago. And uh, for that reason, I think he is overrated. Uh, he is someone who I believe will be in the top 20, but I don't think he's going to be a top five guy like everyone thinks he is. Yikes. I don't even think he's going to be top 20. I think he. I think they said he had like two or three offensive surgeries um, on the same like lingering injury. Uh, so yeah. I don't think he's got it. If, Plus uh, he's got... Yeah, go ahead. If Deontay Johnson is Mr. Drops a lot, Michael Thomas is Mr. Slant. 
because that is the, that is the only passes that that man ever catches is within three yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and just a quick Saints rant. I hate the Saints this year, uh, especially in fantasy. Don't draft anybody. Don't draft Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's just like gonna have no upside. I mean, Taysom Hill's gonna take all of his snaps like Lamar Jackson. Jameis Winston needs to be freed. He needs to go like. I mean, he got LASIK on the offseason, so he can see which player is his now. He's not going to go 30 for 30. Not ESPN 30 for 30, like 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions is what I was referring to. So, yeah, Saints, uh, stay away from the Saints if you're drafting fantasy. But definitely agree. Michael Thomas, overrated. Here is one thing that we're going to go into the next segment. I know since... We tangled that bait right in front of your face at the very beginning of the episode. Jake said, the ugliest player. Well, now I'm going to allow Jake to introduce this player. Go for it, my friend. All right. You've waited long enough. The time has come. I'm going to say his name, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. I'm going to say his name. You're going to be like, who the heck is that? I'm going to give you some stats, and you're going to be like, okay, this is a joke. You're going to exit your app, and you're going to look this guy up, and his brother if you want to, and you're going to be like, what in the Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Andy Dalton, Trevor Lawrence did you just show me? <laughs> That's a great summary. So are you ready for this? Ugliest player, Pat McQuingston. I'll spell it for you. P-A-T, last name, M-C-Q. U-I-S-T-A-N. Stats. He's a tackle, so he doesn't have a lot. Played in 72 games total in his career for four different teams. He only started in 11. And uh, he has one fumble recovery, one combo sack, or excuse me, one combo tackle, one solo tackle. And that's it. So, Pat McQuingston, you have been keened and crowned ugliest NFL player of all time. Congrats. Can we get a round of applause for Pat? Yeah! You left a mark on the NFL, my friend, and you left a mark on our podcast listeners forever. Facts. Welcome back to the podcast, by the way. (laughs) And that mark (laughs) is a skid mark, because that man's haircut is absolute poop. Well, he feels good on the helmet, though. Like, he just got some flow and, you know, pretty cool underneath the helmet, not a lot of hair. I mean, you would look great if you always had your helmet on, even outside of practice. <laughs> this, dude took, has a, go ahead. this dude took uh, business in the front, party in the back to a whole new level. <laughs> yes, he did. I was going to say, probably has the largest hack collection known to man. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm this man's girl, I'm, well, I'm not going to say that. That's not not appropriate for the podcast. (laughs) Guys, guys, I promise it will not be hard to find this photo. Like Jake said, you can pause it or just keep it playing in the background. But if you search Pat McQuinston, go on Google, hit images, you'll know exactly what image we're talking about. Oh, yeah. We'll put it on our uh, Twitter feed as well. So uh, check it out. at uh, Forsman Sports on Twitter. On that note, we are going to move to our last segment of the night. This is going to be called the Fourth Quarter Takes. Each of us are going to come in with a topic or question, 
that we will be talking about. Uh, and I will start with the MLB. Uh, so the NLEs and the ALEs are both, uh, very interesting races. Uh, you got the Red Sox and the Mets, who both were leading the divisions, and they ended up going two and seven each last week to get dethroned by the Phillies and the Rays. The Phillies are now on an eight-game winning streak. They are eight and one since the trade deadline. They now lead the division by two games. Uh, seven of the eight games they won by three runs or less. Uh, and Bryce Harper in those games is twelve for thirty-three with a three sixty-three batting average, four home runs, eight RBIs. Um, question is, is he going to be uh, a possible candidate for the MVP? Uh, in my opinion, I think he is a very underrated pick for that. A lot of people may pick uh, Tatis Jr., but uh, Bryce Harper definitely has some uh, reasonings why he could win it. Uh, the rotation is very underrated. Zach Wheeler could be a Cy Young candidate. Uh, Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson that they just traded for. Zach Eflin's been on the shelf, but once he comes back, that'll be good. And then they have Velasquez and Matt Moore. The Mets also are 6-2 and two since the trade deadline, but they're two games back on the Phillies. In the AL East, the Rays are 6-2 and two since the trade deadline. They have a four-game lead. Uh, their only big trade in the trade deadline was getting Nelson Cruz. They're playing right now with uh, chemistry. And uh, the Red Sox being 2-7, and seven, they're now four games back. They do have the second wild card. But the Yankees and Blue Jays are right on their heels. Both of them are 8-2 and two since the trade deadline. The Yankees are six games back, and the Blue Jays are seven games back. The Yankees got Rizzo, Gallo, and Andrew Heaney. The Blue Jays got uh, got Barrios, and they have a pretty good uh, rotation with Ryu, Ray, Barrios, Manoa, and Mats. Guerrero may be getting some MVP votes, and they had a lot of All-Stars in the All-Star voting. And going on to Spencer for the Premier League. Thanks, Johnny. So going into another a big move that happened, it kind of was shadowed by Messi, um, one of the biggest transfers, I would say, of all time. But Romelu Lukaku is signing with Chelsea right after Inter Milan's president says Lukaku is a key squad player and he will be with us this season. Ultimately, this shows how much money talks in uh, the sport. And um, COVID obviously caused a lot of problems for large football clubs across the world. And Inter just ultimately could not turn down 98 million pounds. Um, personally, I think I am a Chelsea fan, but they are one of the best run clubs in football when it comes to the business side as well. Um, they run a very smooth loan system where they have scouts go out and scout young players across the world. And then Chelsea then buys them, and they'll train them while they're young to grow them into potential squad players. Um, if those players are kind of fringe players and can't break into the first team, then Chelsea will loan them out for an annual fee so they can gather revenue for that player. And then um, they'll also get playing time. So ultimately, this develops their career, but also is bringing in revenue for the club that's loaning out the player. So one quick thing that I just want to throw out there of how well this system works. So this summer, Chelsea was able to gather enough funds to get Lukaku pretty much for free. So they were able to sell Tomori 
Gai, Jerud, Moses, Tino, Samu, Bate, Ugbo, and Tammy is rumored to go up in these next couple days for around 35 million pounds. Um, all of these numbers that we sold these players for totals to exactly 98 million pounds, which is what we were paying for one of the best strikers in the world. So this just shows what you can do with this loan system. I personally don't know why many other teams don't do it. Um, a lot of the world looks bad upon this because you're kind of using young players and throwing them all across the world. But they're able to grow their career and eventually play for the club that originally believed in them. And I feel like this is just a great way to do business, but also to keep your club competing at a top level, which we just won the Champions League. So I'm still beyond hype about that, and it shows up in my dreams. But adding Lukaku to the front line is going to be beautiful going into this next season. And I fully believe Chelsea could pull off um, winning the Premier League this year. I'll pass it over to you, Jake. Yeah, my first comment is that uh, Chelsea is not going to win the Premier League uh, because City is still in the Premier League. So, I hope yes. you like that game. And um, who won the biggest trophy that you could win in the world? Oh, I, I think it was Chelsea. I think it was Chelsea and oh wait, who did they beat? I think it was Manchester City and oh, the first couple games even before that, I think Chelsea beat Manchester City both those games. That's interesting how that works, isn't it? Yeah, you guys, you guys cheated. That's why. So. Oh, we cheated. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's okay. I mean, looking for a comeback season. I mean, honestly, does. The biggest trophy in European soccer even matter? No, like we win, we win the okay, Premier. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna lose. Li- we're gonna lose listeners on that one. <laughs> the Concafa Cup, man. We we win it every year. It's like, come on, the Caribou Cup. Sorry, <laughs> we win that every year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, with yeah. your with your B and C team. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Our B and C team can beat any A team. All right, moving on, because I don't know anything about Premier League soccer, except I'm a bandwagon city fan. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL. I have some interesting questions for you guys. Um, if you don't know, I'll inform you. But the cold season is over. You know, there's all this Yay. hype. <laughs> all our Tennessee guys are happy. I'm pretty sure in last week's episode I said that the uh, Colts would win the division. Um, and then Carson Wentz went out and Carson winced and, uh, the best lineman in football went down, uh, with the same injuries with a weird time frame of five to 12 weeks coming back. And that is both Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson. So the cold season is over. I mean, anytime you lose a QB like that, I mean, you might as well call Philip Rivers, see if he can, you know, offer some babysitting in the stadium for his 10 kids. Um, <laughs> see if he come out of retirement because you need this man to be a QB. Um, your your QB now is either um, the 2024th rounder Jacob Eason out of uh, he played two years at Georgia and then he went and played for Washington in the Pac-12. Played in 13 games, had uh, 405 attempts, 
or had 260 completions on uh, 405 attempts, 3,000 yards. Uh, honestly, not a bad season, but the Colts drafted him in the fourth round, never started a game, uh, no career snaps. Also, uh, their third-string quarterback, well, I'll, I'll note, Jake Beeson's uh, CBS Sports ranked him the 20th best backup quarterback, uh, which is not good out of 32 teams. Uh, but you also have to remember that uh, the Colts the Colts have like three starting quarterbacks, or excuse me, the uh, the Bears. I mean, you got Justin Fields, Nick Foles, and Andy Dalton. Uh, so I mean, all those three, all those three guys are better than Jacob Beeson, I'd say. But um, yeah, that's what the Colts are are going with right now. So not not good for them. Uh, so I'd say the Colts season is just over at this point. Hopes of the division are are gone. But you pay Darius Leonard, so I guess that's all that matters. Um. Trevor Lawrence, you know, I understand, you know, probably one of the greatest quarterback prospects um, in the draft for a while. But Madden ranks this man, again, never played an NFL snap. Madden ranks this man at a 78 over Jared Goff, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo, which those last two are understandable. You're telling me he's four points away from Kyler? <laughs> yeah. And he's, be- I mean, he's ranked three better than Ryan Fitzmagic. I mean, the one of the it's best quarterbacks. Incre- it's league. incredible what long hair can do. I'll, I'll tell you this. Oh my gosh. It really is, it's so mesmerizing that I feel like you get overrated. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen my fiance. But when I had my flow, I guarantee that's why I was able to get her because I'm uglier than sin. But that flow increases your rating, and I I fully believe that's what's happening to Trevor Lawrence. They're they're falling for his mesmerizing flow. Gotcha. There's a, a relationship tip there uh, provided to you by Spencer Lundgren. Uh, if you can't get a woman, grow out your hair, and uh, you'll get one. But uh, highly, yeah, I just highly recommend. Highly recommend. I want to name a few other quarterbacks that just blow me out of the water. They have Trevor Lawrence. Again, I will remind you, has not played an NFL snap. Better than Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones. And then I'll go back to way, 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 way in the beginning of our podcast. Underrated players. Gardner Minshew is ranked the 38th best quarterback. At a 69. I don't know if they just did that because he's got a mustache. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's just disrespectful. Um, that, is, that is also a beautiful man. I don't know what the Jaguars yeah. do, but they they I think look for the the prettiest male, and that's just who they want as their starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the Jags though. Uh, they have a really good backfield because uh, they also picked up Carlos Hyde, which. Carlos Hyde, you know, just gets traded like right before the season starts every year and just balls out like he did in Seattle last year. So shout out Carlos Hyde. But yeah, that's just, I mean, for a quarterback to not even play a snap and, uh, be ranked higher than guys that have proved himself in the NFL is just crazy. Uh, but we'll see if he pans out. All right. This is where I got some questions for you guys. Rookie QB dilemmas. I'm going to focus here on the Chicago Bears, and then I'll move to the 49ers. So in Chicago, like I said, you got Nick Foles. Um, oh, so Mitchell Trubisky is just out the door. you got Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, 
and Justin Fields. And it's reported right now that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter for game one. And Matt Nagy has said that there is no intention to put Justin Fields on, and he has no shot uh, that clearly Andy Dalton is the starter. What are you doing in this situation? Do you like Fields over, um, you know, Dalton? Do you like him over Foles? And why? Uh, if you have any comments on it, let's hear it. So my bold take, I think that uh, Nick Foles will be traded to the Colts, and uh, the Colts have uh, Nick Sirianni, who was the uh, head coach uh, from uh, the Colts. He was he's with the Eagles. He was with the Colts, but uh, he. Uh, the co- there's a coach from the uh, Colts that used to be on the Eagles, and uh, he, uh, Nick Foles has played with them, and I believe that that guy um, – I'm actually looking at the wrong name, but it's not Nick Sirianni, so please uh, do not quote me on that. I believe uh, it's the well, head coach, Frank uh, Frank Reich, I think is his name. He was an uh, offensive coordinator when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I think. Yeah, that's who I was trying to look up. I uh, Google uh, did not do me good here. Uh, Please forgive me. But uh, anyways, the coach from the Colts, he's from the Eagles. He played with Nick Foles. That's also why uh, Carson Wentz is uh, in uh, Indianapolis as well. Um, I believe that Nick Foles will go to Indianapolis, and I don't think that the Colts will be any good. I think the Titans will still win the uh, division, but... I do believe that uh, Justin Fields at some point will become the starter in Chicago. Colt, do you like Justin Fields? Oh, you asked the wrong person that question. Oh, I was definitely one of the biggest Justin Fields haters um, with him coming out of college. Um, right when he was getting ranked as like the number two quarterback, I was like, hold on. Zach Wilson is way better than this man. Honestly, Justin Fields is one of my least favorite quarterback prospects out of anybody in that draft class. I don't think he has a shot at starting unless everyone gets injured and they don't sign another quarterback. I think the only thing that's going to really help his career at this point is watching people who are better than him right now. And right now, that's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has led the Bengals to playoff success. Uh, Andy Dalton has proven. Andy Dalton... And he he makes wide receivers look great. He looked he made AJ Green, who is a very talented receiver, look even better um, than he could have looked with many other quarterbacks. And he's going to do the same thing with Allen Robinson. This is Andy Dalton's team. Andy Dalton will lead the Bears to the playoffs. And Justin Fields, maybe if he's lucky, he becomes a quarter of what Mahomes is, uh, sitting behind Alex Smith. I should Honestly. not have asked Colton. Yeah, I I, yeah. Wow. I really do. I agree with Colton. I'm I'm sorry, but he what? mentioned a lot of things that were great about Andy Dalton, and one thing that he happened to miss that was like number one on my chart was his hair and facial hair matches the uniform. So I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's it's a weird stat. So he went he played with the Bengals, okay? So his hair matches that uniform, and that's how we remember the great Andy Dalton. But when he was in Dallas, that doesn't match silver and navy blue, and that's why he was disappointing to watch. Now he's with the Bears. You could put this man in the MVP race if you know if you really want. He matches so well. My thing is, I think I think Chicago's like 
almost in win now mode. I mean, you have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, David Montgomery, you know, I think he's rising. You also got, uh, Mooney on the offense. So I think if they got the right guy at the helm, they have a really, really good shot of, uh, making the playoffs and, you know, making a little run. Um, kind of like the Browns do. I'd, I'd say they're comparable to the Browns. They got a lot of, a lot of good guys. They just need to piece it together and make a good run for it. So good responses. Um, last one. I'm not sure if you guys know a lot about this, but, the New York Giants, shout out all the Giants fans out there. Jason Williams. Are a mess right now. Um, there have been four players that have retired in the first few weeks of training camp, including uh, Zach Fulton, which announced his retirement from the NFL um, early last week. From uh, what appears to be some training camp struggles, uh, there was like a reporter, there was a huge dog pile, huge fight with Evan Ingram and Logan Ryan, shot Logan Ryan on the Titans. Um, and uh, I mean, even Daniel Jones jumped in on this pile. He was at the bottom, they reported. So a lot of these guys are leaving. So all that happens. And of course, uh, Joe Judge comes from the uh, Bill Belichick training of coaches, uh, which is insane. Uh, that chain is just so successful. But he made the guys do uh, 100-yard sprints, and then uh, he wasn't done with that, so he made them do a bunch of push-ups. So, like, four or five linemen, like these, you know, three, three 400-pounds guys that are, like, trying to run sprints and stuff and push-ups, obviously can't do it. You can't talk to them like that way. Like, if this was high school, maybe, but, like, these guys are, are you know, adults, grown men. Like they could just they could eat this guy and they're they just like swallow you whole. Yeah. So like all these all these fans are reporting like it's just super quiet. Like nobody is saying anything. All you hear is uh, Coach Joe Judge just cussing at him, blowing his whistle. So things in New York are not good. Um, and I think Joe Judge is comparable to Dan Campbell, which when he was uh, hired as coach in January in a press conference he quote he said and i quote we are going to bite a kneecap off just one <laughs> end quote just one yeah just one. one single kneecap yeah so these guys are just like hardcore like smash mouth smash mouth football um so i was just curious like just what i said who, who do you want as your coach or uh, in all seriousness who do you think is going to have the better team this year you think the lions or uh the new york giants Colt Mondelez off. Oh, the Giants have the better team, but I'd absolutely want to play for Dan Campbell. I, I, he's that coach that probably like uh, snorts like three lines of coke before every, <laughs> before every training camp practice. Um, I love that hypeness. Um, meanwhile, Joe Judge is treating you like a middle schooler, and he's like the PE teacher who like smokes crack before your like sixth period gym, and then just. <laughs> abuses you by throwing dodgeballs right at your face. So I'd definitely play for Dan Campbell. Um, but obviously the Giants are the more talented team. Top 10 defense this year. Uh, maybe Daniel Jones makes a bounce back. It won't be because of Joe Judge, though. Quick note. Um, I'm going to be that one guy. Um, I never hear anybody talk about Jared Goff. I got to watch him all the time being an Arizona Cardinal fan in NFC West, but 
I feel like Jared Goff's going to have, like, a great another start in Detroit. I feel like he's going to start out hot. Everyone's dissing on him. You know, he this may be his thing that just kicks him into the next gear. So I'm going to go with Detroit. You know, um, I do believe that Jared Goff is going to have a a better start of his, like, he's going to continue to playing well. But you, you had uh, Matthew Stafford in Detroit, and you still couldn't win anything. You had Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson, and the team couldn't do anything. So I don't know if uh, the Lions are going to be able to make anything of that. So, um, I mean, I do think that Dan Campbell is the better coach over uh, Joe Judge, but the Giants are definitely a more solid team than the Lions. Colton, go ahead and take us home on your fourth quarter take, and we'll wrap this podcast up with your take. All right, I'm about to hit you with a two-minute no-huddle offense, except I'm talking about the NBA. So um, I don't know the NBA equivalent of that. First question that is rhetorical, what is Dennis Schroeder doing? He is with Joe Judge smoking a crack pipe. Uh, He turned down a huge four-year, $80 million deal with the Lakers. He went to uh, Celtics today on a mid-level exception deal one year. Maybe that's good if he, like, bounces back this year, has a pretty good scoring year. But the man has just – I don't know what he's doing. Maybe it's his agent. If I'm him and it's my, that's my agent doing that, peace out. Like, you're getting fired. You're out of my life. I don't need your advice. I'm going to a life coach. Like, anybody would have better advice than that agent. He went from being one of the brightest young stars in the NBA. You know, with the Hawks, he was averaging almost 20 points a game this last season – he thrived in the bench role for the Thunder. He almost won a six-man of the year. Now he's being like ridiculed, memed, not Kuzma-level meme, but like a little bit below that. So if he doesn't shine in Boston, he's done. Why did the Timberwolves enjoy eternal suffering? Seriously, why? I mean, they I can't name a single important player that they've signed in this offseason. They're hopeless. They're insufferable. They're going to land probably another top three pick this offseason. Speaking of, speaking of the lottery and the Timberwolves, which is like a match made in heaven or on Christian Mingle, um, shout out Christian Mingle, they have landed in the lottery 15 times since 2000. 15. You know there's been like 21 years in 2000, and like since 2000. So 15 out of 21 times in the lottery, a lot of those in the top five, that's just awful, which is pitiful. Awful, horrible, no excuses, terrible management, terrible team, terrible coaches. Only good thing is Cat, and, well, he's been a disappointment, too. The Blazers, I think they asked for the crack pipe, too. Um, this is a team that I don't know what their management is thinking. Are they trying to compete for the playoffs? Or are they trying to compete for the number one pick? Are they trying to compete for a title? Are they trying to compete for Kyle Kuzma to sign with them for a max contract? I have no idea. <laughs> Their biggest signing was Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller, great player in college, not in the NBA. And to be honest, he just it just log jams that front court even more. They already have Nurkic, who's pretty much the same player, except like a hundred million times better. 
I'm just disappointed in Portland. I'm disappointed in that organization. Not as much as I am in the horrible, awful, terrible, trash Timberwolves. Speaking of teams that are good, which I really haven't brought that up at all, the Mavericks, I think, are a top five team in the West this year. Maybe top three. They didn't have any crazy signings, kind of like the Trailblazers, but they actually used their brain like more than like 0.1% of it. And they made some smart moves, and one of those was Reggie Bullock signing with them. He, I mean, let's be honest with Reggie. He's, he's a one-dimensional player. He wouldn't drive to the paint to save a school bus full of children, but the man can shoot as good as Hawkeye. Um, I, I love that signing for them. I can't wait for Doncic MVP season. It's time for the Mavericks to finally become a Dirk Nowitzki-esque kind of team dominating that conference. But enough of my ranting and enough of our talking. That wraps up the Foursome Sports Podcast for tonight, for today, for whatever time we are recording this. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure that you're following us on all of our social media channels. We are at Foursome Sports on Instagram and Twitter. You can see our podcast on our Instagram bio and in our Twitter description. So make sure that you're checking those out each week. We are doing these podcasts weekly, so please stay tuned for that and be staying tuned in all the comment sections for us trolling some poor, unfortunate souls. My name is Colton. I'm with Spencer, Jonathan, and Jake, and we are signing out.